upcoming presentation is a two-man power trip of wrestling podcast production. What's up, guys? It's the phenomenal AJ Styles. You're listening to the two-man power trip. Hi, folks. I'm WWE Hall of Famer Hacksaw and Duggan. If you'd like hearing knock-knock jokes or jokes about your grandmother, go somewhere else! Oh! oh my god, this is Joey Styles, and you're listening to the Two Man Power Trip Podcast. This is Cody Rhodes, and you are listening to Two Man Power Trip. Good, how you doing, Chad? Hey, Johnny. Cool, man, what's going on? We ready to go, or what? This is a uh, special visitor, the hardcore legend, Mick Foley. It was a very rough feud to go through with Rick. It was a very bitter feud, too. He certainly didn't like me at that time, and I didn't like him, and we were both trying to be at the top. I don't do many wrestling shows anymore, probably because I'm a bit ignorant. You guys probably know ten times more than I do. Look, Mean Gene, I can't beat me. I'm the greatest of all time. And I would say that, and every kid, I, they knew they could kick the shit out of me. At this point, well, I'll be at a signing, and little kids will come up to me and throw up the click sign or talk about, oh, your ladder match with Sean at WrestleMania 10. I go, wait a minute, you weren't even a glimmer in your dad's eye. But yeah, bro, it's really flattering and, and amazing and humbling. Great talking to you guys. It's been your pleasure. <laughs> They've worked in and around the wrestling business. They've studied thousands of hours of wrestling. And now they bring to you the greatest legends, Hall of Famers, creative minds, and both current and future stars of pro wrestling. They are Primetime Pod and Chad, the two men.
welcome to the two-man power trip of wrestling. I am a JP, a John Paz, and you are listening to the flagship interview show, a part of the two-man power trip of wrestling empire. And today we have on an MMA legend, the crazy pride lady, one of the greatest ring announcers of all time. That is, of course, Lenny Hart. What an absolute joy it was to get her on the line, especially with the time difference. She lives all the way over in Tokyo, Japan. So there was a time difference. It was trying to figure out the best time to kind of do it. And, and you realize, like, all right, I'm recording it at night, and you, you don't really pay attention to it. But then, you know, she's, like, saying good morning. So it's it's morning over there. So it's just uh, wild when you think about it, what we're able to do this day and age with connectivity and reaching and contacting people from all the way over in Japan, which is just absolutely awesome. And I love that we were able to kind of get this done and do this interview. She was a pleasure. She was a joy. She's got great energy. And you would obviously realize that from her ring uh, announcing style. I mean, that that energetic kind of gets you pumped up energy that she has. It's just you know, it, it's just, you know, you feel it through the phone, really. And obviously, when you're watching the fight, you can feel it through the TV. Or if you're there in person, you can feel it in person. It's it's a lot of, like I say, goosebump in, in, enduring or, you know, creating of, uh, of the goosebumps. It really gets you excited. She is just that damn good at announcing. And we kind of go into different guys that she announced through the years. Obviously, we go through her pride start where she made her debut or her, her beginnings really and she thought according to her agent too they they thought it was going to be a boxing event they didn't even know what pride was and it was the pride 2000 grand prix which of course was eventually won by mark the hammer coleman and just an epic epic tournament with some of the greatest fighters ever in the history of the game and mark coleman defeats igor Vochanson in the finals which is just uh, great go out of your way to watch that if you're a big mma fan and never seen it or if you want to watch it again that is the 2000 pride grand prix great stuff and that's her debut and she lasts really all the way into the end of pride and to the last dying dying days we talk about kind of what she thought was going to happen after that as um the promise is made or the promise is broken and then she ended up in the world of dream and then you know, one championship and then now with Ryzen. so she kind of has done a lot of different mma organizations but i think most importantly and and really the biggest one and the biggest honor of course would be pride fighting championships <clears throat> i think everybody remembers her from pride really and and that's kind of the, the can't claim to fame because Pride, I don't know if everyone realizes, everybody knows this, but Pride was the number one MMA organization. And if you really look at it, it was basically the, the king at that point. UFC was there, but they were a little competition at that point for many, many years. Pride at its best was the best. I mean, the, the production value, the size of the crowds, the size of the stadiums, the level of fighters, the top notch, number one, best draws, best fighters best techniques, best athletes, whatever you want to say. They had the number one everything. And obviously with Lenny Hart had the number one announcer as well because she was great. And we do break down a lot of the fighters like Fedor, like Krokop, like Sakuraba. We talk a little bit about Big Nog as well and Vanderlei Silva, Anderson Silva, Dan Henderson. We talk about a bunch of them. So it's going to be a great, great wild ride. And if you're a fan of MMA and a fan of Pride like I am, you will absolutely love this interview. Lenny is absolutely great. Great vibe, great energy, just absolutely honored to have her on the show. And as far as some other 
two-man power trip of Empire Business. We have so much going on, and I know Lenny is a friend of this guy, and that is, of course, the legendary Rick Bassman. We've got his show going on over at Podcast One. That is called Talking Tough. We have a Dutch Mantel over on the MLW Radio Network. We have Shane Douglas's Triple Threat Podcast on Vince Russo's The Brand. And, of course, on our flagship show, we have Dr. Tom Pritchard's Taking You to School. So we are everywhere and all over the map, really. Anywhere and everywhere is where we are. We have kind of trying to take over this podcasting game little by little and kind of uh, divide and conquer, and we're on so many different platforms. So really been fortunate and really been great to work with the guys that we've been able to work with and interview the people that we've been able to interview. So it's just been awesome. It's been such a great ride, and I absolutely love every second of it. And very, very soon we will have details on a new show. We are going to add to the network so, and the Empire, so stay tuned for that. But right now, let's take you over to some TMPT business and then on over to the legendary Lenny Hart. And now for some TMPT business. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, at Two Man Power Trip, and at Raslin Pal. Subscribe to us on YouTube. Also, subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts. Please leave us a review. We would love to hear your feedback. Check out the feed for awesome past episodes, including Bruno San Martino, Sean Mike, Dusty Rhodes, Jerry Lawler, Terry Funk, Goldberg, Ray Mysterio Jr., Arn Anderson, Glenn Kane Jacobs, and so many more. While you're on the web, visit ProWrestlingTees.com. Yes, that is ProWrestlingTees.com. Visit our store, visit J.J. Dillon's store, Francine's store, and of course, the franchise Shane Douglas store for all you Android users out there find us on Google Play and Player FM for all you iOS users check us out on TuneIn Radio Spotify iHeartRadio Podomatic and now Stitcher and of course check out the Empire yes that is the TMPT Empire now TMPTEmpire.com for all the latest and greatest on the two man power trip of wrestling And now, without any further ado, he's a journalist, a historian, a wrestling fan, and most importantly, he is the author of a WCW Nitro book, Nitro, The Incredible Rise and Inevitable Collapse of Ted Turner's WCW, Guy Evans. And now, without any further ado, she was a voice actress, she was a disc jockey, she was in TV, radio, anime, video games, kickboxing, boxing, pro wrestling, MMA, she is the legendary ring announcer, the crazy pride lady, she is Lenny Hart. Please enjoy.
today. Joining us on the line right now is a, a voice actress and a, a very famous ring announcer. You may know her as the crazy pride lady. She is Lenny Hart. Lenny, welcome to the two-man power trip. It's nice to be here. Thank you for inviting me. Now, this is uh, quite an honor for me because, I mean, I've watched pretty much every Pride, and, and your voice has pretty much been heard from 2000 until the end of Pride. But, you know, b before we kind of get into that, we're, like, what have you been up to? What have you been doing? Like, where where have you been doing? I know you're still active in, in ring announcing stuff, but what have you been up to lately? Uh, well, the last couple of months, not much. Right. <laughs> right. Um, but uh, prior to our, our current circumstances, uh, I was doing uh, Ryzen. Oh, yeah. uh, which is sort of the follow-up from uh, Pride, Dream, Rise, and sort of a, a new incarnation of uh, the same group of people putting it together of uh, mixed martial arts. So is that something you just absolutely fell in love with, or you always were a fan of? What's like your deal with MMA? Because you know some people love it, some people kind of grew into it. What's your story with it? Yeah, it's sort of yeah. They, people either love it or hate it, don't they? Um, mm -hmm. yeah. I had never heard any anything about MMA before. Uh, being called by my agent uh, a couple of days before the Grand Prix uh, in 2000 at the Tokyo Dome, and they wanted a, uh, a bilingual announcer uh, to Japanese and English, and I was free that day and fit the bill, and that's the first time I ever saw mixed martial arts was the Grand Prix. <laughs> wow, so your agent kind of threw you right into the fire. Right into it, yep, and actually she didn't know anything about MMA either. It was relatively new back then. Excuse me. And uh, so uh, she she thought she was told by her. It came through another agent. There's sort of you know, my agent handled foreigners and the, the original agent was just for Japanese people. So kind of came down a pipeline and somehow the message got mixed and she thought it was boxing. Oh, wow. <laughs> so when she told me about it, she said, you know, there's a boxing event which I knew about as little about as I did MMA. So <laughs> <laughs> I love the fact that you don't know what it is, but you were so kind of energetic and so into it, despite not being that aware, right? I mean, you were just immediately kind of uh, very, very, let's just say, pumped up about it. I'm, you know, I can't actually remember if I got pumped up about it at the very first one I did at the Grand Prix or not. Um, I really just don't recall. I do remember, though, at one point thinking, this just isn't good enough. What I'm doing isn't good enough because this, uh, it should be filled with pomp and circumstance. You know, it should be, you should be celebrating these guys as they, as they walk down that, uh, that, uh, that ramp into the ring. And, you know, these sort of da da you know, low key downplayed calls, I didn't think fit the way everything else was going, which was the great lights and the wonderful music and the excitement of the crowd. And I don't recall if I was actually at that very first Grand Prix or if it was, you know, at, at, a, at a later event. But, yeah, I just did. It, I, I, I needed to match what I was seeing. <laughs> and what I was seeing was great excitement, great heroism, great, great dedication, um, a great show, uh, great athleticism. So I tried to live up to it. <laughs> now, did you kind of – obviously, you weren't really familiar with MMA, but as you're, like, watching it and you're seeing what's going on, were you liking it into it? Were you kind of like, oh, man, this is a little barbaric? Like, what was your thoughts when it kind of first popped up? <laughs> Well, you get right to it, don't you? Yeah. <laughs> um, to tell you the truth, yes, I thought it was a little barbaric. Um, when you don't understand the rules and you don't really understand the motivation of the fighters themselves, I don't even call them fighters anymore. I call them athletes. <laughs> mm. I just got used to that because, you know, it's like I also call dancers athletes, though. So <laughs> mm. there's a, there's an art to it as well. So, you know, you're you're uh, you're not just in there swinging. It's not just a swinging a fist fest. 
so yeah, in the beginning, before I understood that, yes, I thought it was pretty barbaric. <laughs> were you pissed? But as I got to understand, pardon me. Oh, I was going to say, were you pissed at your manager? Like, what did you, what did you put me up to? Oh no, not at all. Oh, okay. No, 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 not at all, not at all. No, I mean, I've, I, I knew, I knew somewhat, somewhat what to expect. Obviously, uh, I knew that it was either you know boxing or whatever this MMA new thing was. So uh, you know, I sitting there watching, it was clear even before I went to the uh, to the venue, it was clear what I was going to be announcing for in general. Um, but, uh, uh, yeah, I didn't, uh, I didn't walk in completely on, un- un- you know, unaware of what it was going to be. So no, no, definitely not angry. <laughs> I think so many people don't realize as far as pride fighting championship, they just think UFC like big MMA pride was way bigger than UFC. And just the arenas were bigger. The big, the crowds are bigger. The uh, production value was a lot better, right? I mean, pride really was just the best. Pride and UFC were real competitors at the time. Uh, K1 Pride and UFC, of course, mm-hmm. K1 was just kickboxing. But yes, yeah, they were. They, we were the best. <laughs> I think we were the best. Of course, there are a lot of people at UFC that would uh, dispute that. <laughs> but uh, and it's also very different. I mean, the way the way the way MMA is seen, mixed martial arts is seen in Asia. It's it's seen through a very very different lens than uh, uh, combat sports are seen in the United States. And UFC really kind of goes more for the you know, sort of the blood sport, violence, the uh, the the drama, the conflict outside, you know, the, the drama between this fighter being up against that fighter for a grudge fight and all that kind of stuff seems to be a lot more prevalent in uh, Western culture than it is in Asian culture, where, of course, it's an ancient art form and it's an ancient uh, 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 part of the culture and tradition. You know, so the the attitude was very different, I think, but particularly, uh, it, you know, when part of that's heyday. And then, of course, the whole idea of the Bushido spirit and all that. There was also the offshoot of Pride was Bushido for a while there. Right. Yep. That, that one seems to get forgotten about a lot I, for some reason. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure why. They still had so many great guys when they were doing Bushido. I know, obviously, they changed the rules just a little bit. Kind of was more action-paced, even though Pride in general was big action. But you're right, Bushido was somewhat forgotten a little bit. Yeah, I think part of the reason for that is probably because it happened simultaneously with Pride. Mm-hmm. So I don't, I don't think it ever found its niche, you know. Yes, yes, definitely. As far as Pride, I mean, <coughs> if you go back, and I still, I mean, I love watching, I got the DVDs, and, and I love watching it on YouTube and stuff, the entrances and that beginning part and that Pride theme music. I mean, it's probably the best theme mm-hmm. song I could ever think of. Does that kind of like, like, oh, my God, like feed into kind of your energy and feed into your voice? Because it's almost like, wow, this is so epic. Like, I, you know, like you get the, the you know, the, everything is kind of a, the excitement level is way, way up. Yes, absolutely. I mean, for the production value with uh, <clears throat> with all the Japanese um, organizations is amazing, um, particularly with Pride. They're, they're carrying that over into Ryzen now as well. And you can't help but, you know, you can't help but feel that. I mean, you feel the music just vibrate in your chest, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like watching a marching band go by or, you know, uh, seeing a flyby, you know, flyover of, of, uh, of airplanes and a military, uh, you know, parade. Uh, it's quite exciting. And, yes, you do. The, the production value in Japan, though, is, is truly amazing. So, you know, when you're doing something like this here, you know that you're not the only one doing it. Mm-hmm. And you see that kind of excellence in, in quality of work around you. You, you know, that you can't help but, you know, raise your own level to their level, you know? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And actually, if you think about, like, when that music first hits, or even, let's say, Takata's out there in his underwear banging that drum or something, I mean, that, that really <laughs> kind of gives you goosebumps. It's just awesome. It's so epic. Yeah. I mean, they do it. They yeah, do it, it right. 
Yeah, and also there's uh, usually – well, with Pride, Ryzen doesn't do it um, yet anyway. Maybe they will one day. But Pride would have a uh, some sort of a theme for its opening as well. I mean I remember we had hundreds of tap dancers on bleachers once, and to be inside the stadium and hearing all these tap dancers at the same time tapping on this metallic surface – it was amazing. We had an entire uh, samba group come in once. <laughs> so, uh, and you know, actual falling, uh, falling cherry tree, uh, uh, or sorry, um, sakura tree leaves. That was actually Bushido. We did that. Mm. And I remember we even had rain, rain inside for Bushido once. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, which fit the, the, yeah. the, the theme really. Yep, the theme. So having that theme, that's what I'm talking about. Quality, really, just real, really, real excellence. Level of excellence that's uh, you know from from the security people to to the you know the cut men to the to the lighting guy, sound engineers you know it's a real a real pride no no pun intended real pride in their work right so it's a real joy to work uh, with with people like that. As far as like them doing those big things, I remember I think it was maybe it was Shockwave '06 or something, but they had a choir out there too. I mean that was awesome. I mean they, mm-hmm. they did so many different <laughs> things just to make the show even more special. Mm-hmm. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, that's like going along with the theme. I mean you know the other other events they just go they have a number you know. <laughs> yes. Or maybe they'll have a theme for the year or for a special tournament, but uh, no pride and those, those opening videos too. But it was very well done. And I know all these. Excuse me, I know all these people. I, you know, I work with the, the guy who does the video. I work with him. The guy who does the sound, I work with him. You know, so I know the guy who, uh, who uh, did the uh, composition for the music. He didn't write it, but he, uh, he, uh, com- what's the word for it? He did the. Uh, gosh, I can't think of the word right now. Arrangement. He did the arrangement oh, okay. for uh, for Pride okay. of the music for Pride. So, uh, so I know all. I actually personally work with know these people, and uh, so it's it's a great team. Man, if you just think about it, what did they think of you when you're, you know, kind of getting into it and stuff? You know, quote unquote, the crazy pride lady. What did the, the you know, <laughs> the management, everything um, of pride, what did they think of you? Oh, they were very pleased. Yeah. I mean, I, I knew that I was taking a chance. As I said, I don't remember which event it was. It could have been the very first one. But I remember somewhere, some way through uh, that, particular, whatever, whatever event it was, you know, maybe into like the third or fourth, by the third or fourth match. Thinking, you know, I, I want to, I gotta, I gotta mix this up. I gotta change this, change what I'm doing, you know, instead of that sort of downplayed announcing that's that style that existed before I'd started my style. I mean, pretty much everybody was just doing the old kind of old fashioned, you know, old black and white boxing movie intros for these fighters, right? Uh, but you had this great music, and you had Kay Grant, and, you know, all these really cool people doing all these really cool things. And I remember sitting there thinking, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna throw it in. I'm gonna mix it up here and just take a chance. And I remember glancing over to the right, and I, I sat right next to the floor director, and glancing over to the right, looking at him, at him, sort of as I was doing a, a more crazy call, if you, for, for lack of a better word, right now, hmm. and getting this sort of look of approval. And it's, it was a little bit confused at first. He sort of looked at me like, "What are you?" What are you doing? And then you saw the approval come over immediately, right? So I was like, oh, and you're nodding his head and smiling. So that was good to get that reaction from him. But then after I did it, of course, re- reaction from the crowd and the athletes. The best was, you know, with the, the look on the faces of the athletes when they come out and they hear their name called like that. It's, you, know, you know you're making them feel good. <laughs> oh, yeah. I know that if you, like, read up on fighters, they would, like, rampage and other guys would say – that you would really get them literally pumped up for the fight. Like they would literally get amped up when you would like ring announce them. Not so much like in, in any other sport would you hear that, but that's awesome in MMA that you were able to elicit that emotion out of the fighter. 
Yeah, that's um, I, I love hearing them hearing them say that, and uh, of course it, it's it you know makes me blush. You know, right. I, I I ran into uh, Hoyce Gracie at uh, Bellator in this uh, on the twenty ninth of December mm-hmm. here in Tokyo, and uh, and uh, it, it was actually a really nice set of photographs of three in a row of he and I speaking to one another ringside, or actually that was cage side ringside cage side because it was Bellator, um, and him telling me how his how his whole family really loves hearing me call their names and it's lovely to hear them say that it's lovely to get that feedback you know yeah (laughs) it's funny though like you listen to the guys say that and they get pumped up and that's that's like so interesting because how would you describe like your style i mean obviously excitable and energetic stuff but how would you describe your like your own uh, announcing style i have no idea i mean i've never thought of that (laughs) i don't know i don't think really it's my place to do so i mean all i can say is i mean it's my style it's original, which I'm glad. I'm, I would describe it as original, I suppose. Um, unique, I suppose. But uh, for me, it's just that's hard for me to say. You know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. because I'm doing it. You know, <laughs> it's like how would you describe your face? I don't know how, to, how I would describe right. my own face. You know, you know what I mean? I, I suppose, yeah. You know, pre- pressed to do so. I guess I would say original and unique. I suppose. And my job, you were saying before, the getting the, the fighters pumped up before they come out. Yep. That's my job. It's my job to get the fighters pumped up, and it's my job to get the spectators pumped. And then, by extension, of course, the viewers at home. So, uh, which when I was originally hired, I mean, my job was basically just to say, you know, to tell them, to tell the, the various athletes who didn't speak Japanese, hmm. uh, those, because you know, they don't have a headphone on. They can't hear what the commentators are saying or anything, right? In fact, neither can I. I don't hear what the commentators are saying. We're only in house, we're plugged in only to the uh, channels inside the stadium. Um, so I was originally, you know, my, the, the idea of having an English announcer ringside was to let them know how many minutes were left in the round, which round it was, you know, to tell the seconds to get out, was more really for that. And then, of course, an English pronunciation of foreign names. But, uh, yeah, other than, other than that, there's, there was, you know, that was, that was my main job when I first got hired. So when, when, I, when I morphed into something different, it actually created sort of a, a new a new thing, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Oh yeah. So, uh, yeah. So that's kind of cool. <laughs> that's awesome. I didn't realize that. So at first you were basically telling them like, you know, you know, Heath Herring or whoever, like, Hey, there's uh, five minutes left in the round or, or, you know, or, um, you know, third round, something like that. Yeah. I mean, I still do that. I, I, I don't, I, well, the, the various rules of who does what job over the years has changed. And it depends on what, what organization I'm working with. Like, you know, I've, I've worked with organizations in the middle East and in Europe and Russia uh, all over the world, uh, Australia, and uh, what what they want me to do is different in each place. Uh, some places just want me to call the names only, nothing else. A lot of places do that now. <laughs> yeah. I guess they think they think I think I'm too good to do, do anything else, and it's not actually it's not true. I quite enjoy calling the ring number and seconds out and all that. So like for now with Ryzen, I don't call the rings. I don't call the uh, I don't say round one, round two rather. I don't say that at all. Um, it's only done by uh, the Japanese announcer. Uh, but yes, in the beginning, it was more, I did, wasn't speaking to the athletes individually. I would just speak in general to the crowd. Oh, to the crowd. Okay. And, gotcha. And any English speakers. Well, yeah, I was on mic. So any English speakers in the audience or any non-Japanese speakers, <clears throat> excuse me, at the venue itself. And of course the, uh, the athletes and the viewers at home, I suppose, but that would be done more with the commentary. Right. Gotcha. Oh, you could, can you hear my doggies in the background? Oh, nice. Nice. <laughs> what kind of doggies? Yeah, well, I've got. Oh, I, well, I've got two border collies, um, and then I've got a, a mutt, uh, which I who I rescued when he was uh, two years old. So the mutt looks like 
What does he look like? <laughs> Mark Coleman. He's a uh, he, hey, what's that? He looks like Mark Coleman. <laughs> no, not quite. Uh, he actually he doesn't look at all like a poodle, but we did a DNA test on him, and apparently he's mostly poodle, which oh, wow. freaked us out. Because if you go on my Facebook page or, or Twitter, I'll often post pictures of them. So uh, yeah, so I've got three three dogs. Nice, cool. Keeping me company during my self isolation. Nice. And you're <laughs> over in Japan, right? I'm in Tokyo, yeah. So you live, you, I mean, you got accustomed, you love Japan, and you just kind of live over there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I've been here for 32 years. <laughs> wow, I didn't realize, I figured you were there kind of visiting or there going back and forth. I didn't realize you actually lived there for 30 years. Wow, that is amazing. So you really took to Japan and love Japan. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I came I came over in 19, what, this time? I came over when I was 17 for one year, which was 81 or 82, something like that. And I came over here this time, and I believe it was 88, uh, and uh, I was working as a disc jockey and a voice actress in uh, New York. And I uh, already spoke Japanese, and uh, I applied for a job at uh, Bay FM, and I worked at Bay FM, which was a FM radio station here in, in Japan, and stayed, just stayed on. I also have an older brother who lives here. He's been here for 45 years, I think. <laughs> Well, you guys really kind of took to Japan and just, I guess you love the culture, you love the <laughs> style over there. Oh, yes. Yeah, well, especially Tokyo. It's a, it's a very easy place to live. It's, a, it's safe, clean, friendly. Now it's beautiful. When I first came here, it wasn't such a pretty city, but it is now. Great new architecture. and Yeah, I love it here. They always say Japan is like 10 years ahead of us, just just the way that they're, they're very sleek, clean. Like you said, the agriculture, the, uh, the architecture, like everything is just kind of 10 years ahead of us, especially production value as far as like uh, MMA and, and TV and stuff. I too. don't know if it's a time thing. I wouldn't say it's like as in as in you evolve into it. It's, it's, in fact, for me, it's more has come back. It's, it's going back in time. Uh, Japanese traditionally have been very – well organized, uh, very creative, uh, very hardworking, uh, very innovative. Uh, so I think, oh, quiet, please. Sorry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I, I think of it more as a part of their part of their culture going back in time, rather than you know being them being ahead of time. You know what I mean? Yeah. Can you hold on just one second? Yeah, yeah. We'll just. Uh, yep. No problem. I don't even know what they're barking at, so I just got to look out here for a second. I can keep you on the phone. Be quiet, Dougie. Not exactly sure what she's barking at. Sorry about that. <laughs> no problem at all. But we were talking about uh, Japan and and just loving Japan. Is that something where you always, because your brother always wanted to live in Japan, or was it just like uh, I'll he, test it out and you know you stayed there for a year and then you fell in love with it? Uh, well, probably the latter is more is more accurate. Uh, but also, my, you have to understand, my brother is uh, almost uh, what he's seventeen years older than me. And so he moved away from home when I was just a little kid. So I always looked up to my big brother. And uh, well, you know, to come and be near where he was living was, was a natural thing for me. And, uh, of course, I had met my Japanese sister-in-law when I was only eight years old. <laughs> so she's more like a sister. So being near family that I was close to and I loved and missed was a part of the motivation, yeah. It's so cool that you became kind of ingrained in the culture because of MMA and doing that. Isn't that crazy when you think about it? <laughs> it's weird. Yeah, life is life is full of some funny twists and turns. <laughs> and just going back to Pride, because I mean, it's so good. And, and I love going back and watching the stuff. 
if you watch your announcing and obviously the pre-show, especially when they have those big cards and, and all the guys are lining up and they do their little entrance and everything else, I just wanted to break down a couple fighters, if I could, because this is, I mean, you literally get pumped up watching just the entrances, not even the fights, just the entrances <laughs> of the pre-show. It's crazy. So like, kind of breaking down some fighters. The first guy I got to mention, because he's the greatest of all time, to me anyway, Fedor Emelianenko. I just love mm-hmm. that, the way you did it. Why was he done so differently than everyone else? Your voice was different. You could tell he was done differently. Yeah. Um, well, what I, one of the things that I, I sort of developed, I suppose, a style, my style developed uh, into was uh, incorporating the type of music and the type of fighter. So uh, Fedor is a very serious, was a very serious guy. He's actually really nice and friendly when you're, you talk to him up, up close and personal, but his whole entrance is quite serious and somber, and so is that music. <laughs> oh, my God, yeah. So, you know, yeah, so sometimes you can use a juxtaposition. You know, you got really somber music, and you do a really, really upbeat intro, or you've got really uh, upbeat music, and you do something a little bit more smooth and cool in the background. You can do that intentionally as a juxtaposition. But specifically, I try to match the fighter as well. So when he would come out with this, do, 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 you know, this, I don't even remember what the tune was, but it was some traditional Russian song. Okay, so I went, you know, and I did have his serious, and you know, call. And, of course, the Russians, like Japanese, their last name is first, their first, I mean, yeah, their last name is first, their first name is last, which is right. why I say Emelianenko Fedor, rather than Fedor Emelianenko. And uh, so, uh, it, yeah, it, but so after doing this really nice, deep, you know, Emelianenko Fedor, right, this really deep, sort of scary sound, I had to add the From Russia With Love. Because you just you gotta have a little bit of levity in there, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he was so. I wasn't even sure if people would get that when I when I said that. I thought, you know, people might not understand why I'm doing this, but you know, those who will understand will understand. Those who don't, it won't bother them. So I'm gonna go ahead and say it. <laughs> I was glad. I was glad that people liked that one. And your cadence, what you're saying, is right from Russia. With love, you know, fade away. Uh, so, With love. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so good he is so epic and he's so stoic it's like it goes perfect with the music and everything else. <laughs> he's really bigger than life right this guy I, I, there's a, there's a great guy who does all the trailers for movies he's got that lovely uh gosh in a land where yeah. where everyone wears masks right yep. he's got that great deep voice i just recently saw a uh a, a short video about this guy he lives in england and uh lovely seems like a really nice guy Actually, he also said, I've got the greatest job in the world. Like, no, you don't. I do. <laughs> I like mine. I like mine, too. Uh, but, yeah, so, it's, so that good news, that's sort of that epic sound to match the epicness that is Fedor, right? <laughs> he, yeah, he, he's the best. I, I love that one. That's so good. And the crowd, like the, as far as reactions, he gets one of the biggest reactions from the Japanese oh, crowd yeah. ever. Yeah. I mean, Krok- really. Krokop, Fedor, and Sakuraba, they're probably the – the ones that get the biggest reaction. It's yeah. funny. I was just talking to my buddy the other day because we're big MMA guys, big Pride fans, and we were like saying going back and mm-hmm. forth who gets the biggest reaction. So we literally listed mm-hmm. them in, in opposite order. So it was Sakuraba was three, Fedor was two, and I actually had Krokop as number one. He seemed like he got the biggest reaction, and the way you say his name is also awesome. I oh, know. yeah. Yeah, the Krokop. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the audience seemed like that because, of course, that's, the Japanese have a, the, their alphabet system. It's a consonant followed by a vowel. So mami mume mo kaki kukeko sashi sashi to so they're you know it's always a consonant followed by a vowel. 
So uh, I'm kind of mixing the two sounds when I do Krokop's name, both an English pronunciation and a Japanese pronunciation of a foreign word. So instead of just Krokop, it's Krokop. So I'm sort of adding that little uh, extra sound at the end, which I guess was more of a nod to the Japanese audience than to the foreigners. But, you know, I sort of that's kind of more my thing now. Anyway, I guess I'm, I'm more aware of the Japanese uh, in the audience than I used to be. I used to think more about the foreigners. Now I try to think about both. <laughs> yep. And you mentioned uh, Kazushi Sakuraba, who obviously is probably the greatest. If you think about, I don't know if you, you're too familiar with the pro wrestling world, but as far as pro wrestlers going to MMA, probably mm. one, of, probably the best guy to ever do that. And people don't even realize. Thank wrestler. Yeah. Thank you yeah, wrestler. Yep. yep. <laughs> he, uh, so good. One of the best ever basically um, destroyed the myth of the Gracie family by himself, which is pretty. Yeah. <laughs> as far as some of these other guys, I'll just, uh, just name a few because you, they were so great. Uh, Big Nog and Little Nog, obviously Antonio Rodrigo Nogueira and, and yeah. his twin brother. Yeah. And their, and their introductions were very popular too, by the way, they were, they were very popular when they would get announced. The crowd went wild over those guys. Wanderlei, AKA Vanderlei. Vanderlei Silva. Silva. Yes. Yeah. Excitable guy. <laughs> For sure. You're, you're cutting in and out here. Uh, Vanderlei, yes, he was very excitable. He's got a bit of temper on him, but also a great sense of humor. Dan Henderson. Hendo. Oh, Dan. Yep. Yep. Real gentleman. As far as just a, a guy that I didn't realize that you kind of created his, his, not his persona, but his nickname, but Anderson Silva. Yes, that's right. Spider-Man. I actually, I, I asked um, uh, after, I've, I don't think I asked beforehand. That's right. I, I've asked for forgiveness instead of permission. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> I asked him after I did use this, did that. I said, do you mind if I call you this? And he said, oh, no, no, that's good. That's great. That's fine. It's fine. Yeah, and he was the, uh, he came out with his uh, Michael Jackson dance. Yes. Back then. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What did you think of Spider-Man? That was when he was known as Spider-Man, Spider-Man. But I think. I called him Anderson Spider-Man uh, um, Silva, but I think he changed it slightly when he went to UFC. I think he used some other nickname. The Spider, yeah. Yep. The Spider, right. Yep. What did you think that? You just think he acted like Spider-Man, I guess? I have no idea. <laughs> um, it's possible that there were issues with copyright in the States, maybe. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Uh, or Dana White didn't like it. <laughs> Could be. That could be it. No idea. <laughs> Copyrights, my, my guess. When Pride was kind of nearing its end and doing the final event, was that like a really sad time for you? Because, I mean, this is this huge epic promotion. You're ingrained in it. You're enriched in it. You're a part of it. And all of a sudden, it's kind of closing its doors. Well, no, because at the time, we were promised that it wasn't closing its doors. you got to remember that some people reneged on some promises that they had made. <laughs> right, right. Having said that, uh, I warned uh, people. I did not expect it to move on. I, I figured it was going to – what happened was exactly what I thought was going to happen. <laughs> and uh, it was a slower death than people realized. I mean we had heard about the negotiations and about the possible buyout. And uh, then, of course, I was at the actual press conference where Dana White made the announcement and everything and mm -hmm. uh, in, right here in downtown Tokyo. And uh, I could start to sort of see the writing on the wall. We, we kind of all could for a while there, you know. So it was, you know, it's not like it was an overnight thing. But, of course, still the very last one was a bit emotional. I mean, I didn't cry or anything, but, you know, yeah, it did feel like up the end of an era. But we knew that something else was happen was supposed to be happening. 
right. that something else would happen. So. And it never really did, but then Dream kind of popped up, which is another great promotion. And you, you, like you said, you slid right into Dream after Pride. Yep. After a couple of years, Dream came along. And then, of course, after that, I worked for one yes. uh, championships in uh, throughout Southeast Asia. And that took up a lot of my a lot of my time and other promotions around the world, uh, including uh, I did uh, Fight Night Saint-Tropez and uh, Legend out of uh, Moscow and uh, – and I also did uh, Road FC, and I actually can't remember all the promotions I've worked for, to tell you the truth. A couple of different ones out of Australia, uh, including some that I just recorded and I didn't go and do live. Just did the intros and the walkout music, the uh, you know all-athlete intro at the top and the walkouts. Did you do Glory as well? So, did you work for Glory Kickboxing? I did Glory twice. I did Glory in London and in uh, Tokyo. Mm-hmm. Man, you are uh, popular. I mean, everybody wants <laughs> everybody wants that voice. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you did New Japan as well, didn't you? Didn't you work for New Japan Pro Wrestling? No, no they had uh, Lenny Soundalike, which kind of peeved me off. But everyone kept saying, imitation is the greatest form of flattery. And I said, you only say that if it's never happened to you. <laughs> Try telling that to the people who make Gucci knockoffs. Um, that's pretty conceited, isn't it? Oops. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not comparing myself to Gucci, <laughs> but uh, yeah, you know, when you do something that's original and somebody rips it off, it doesn't feel very good. And uh, yeah, for a long time they had a copycat, and uh, they actually had a copycat for a short time at K1, and of course now they do it at, at, at one as well, wow. which is you know unethical if and it verges on on other things as well. But I shouldn't probably say that. <laughs> right, gotcha. <laughs> If you think about it, though, I mean, it is kind of flattering in in a certain way. It is flattering, like wow, they're ripping me off because I'm, you know, so good. But it's it is it, like, not I really no. Because the thing is, if people think it's me, and then some of these instances, people did think it was me. I right, have no control right. over the quality, right? So, like, I had people writing to me saying, at one of these promotions that had a fake Lenny, and literally a fake Lenny. They don't say the person's name because they don't want people to know it's not me. You see, so they're being, they're giving the person mm. a knockoff Lenny. Yeah. So the, I feel bad for the spectators, but I feel bad for me because I have no control of the quality. So I had people writing to me saying, gee, Lenny, you've lost your voice. What's happened? We, we knew, you used to be so energetic and so full of style and so original, and now you just – sounds like you're phoning it in. And one guy one guy actually said that. Sounds like you're phoning it in. <laughs> it's not me. <laughs> Sorry, it's not me. So if I, if someone like – okay, how many, how many singers borrowed from, say, I don't know, Elvis Presley or – Madonna, I mean, hell, Madonna borrowed from Cindy Lauper, right? Yeah. <laughs> Lady Gaga borrowed from Madonna. <clears throat> so you get you get people who will be influenced by your style, which I think is flattering. And there are a lot of those around, and uh, including a couple that I've given advice to. They've written to me directly and asked me my, my advice, and you know, I've told them what I thought they should, you know, might might be able to do, or how they could get started, or how they could improve. They've sent me tapes and asked me, you know, what what could they do? I have no problem. Sharing my experience, my knowledge, and helping people, mentoring people. Uh, but don't, you know, don't just take what I do and do it and think that you're, you can be me. You know what I mean? Just be yourself. Do something new. Something original. I did. You can yeah. too. <laughs> yeah. You're totally, uh, like you said before, you're unique. You're an original. That's uh, 100% true. And I guess you're right. I mean, legally too. I mean, if you're ripping somebody off, it probably should be compensated or something should happen where you be, you're not allowed to do it or something. You know what I mean? Well, it shouldn't be allowed. It's, 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 uh, it's, uh, it's, uh, according to legal experts that I have been in contact with, mm. <laughs> uh, it's uh, called right of, pro right of property. I think it's called right of, pro right of publicity. 
There is a law. Uh, that, uh, there's a, a case with Tom Waits had to, uh, to take uh, take some people to task for copying him. And so did uh, – who else was the other one? Bette Midler, I think it was. A couple of cases in the United States where uh, people were pretending to be them oh. and being used in a, com- in a commercial way. So it's it's actually illegal. Gotcha. I could definitely, definitely see that. Uh, not good. And and like yeah. even me, for I was like, I think she was in New Japan, but I'm not sure. Like I was trying to remember. Mm-hmm. So yeah, he, a lot even, of people yep. thought it was. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I've got, I got written to by a, a, a lot of people wrote to me about that. Many of them, interestingly enough, knew it wasn't me, but said, you're, you know, you're being this person is ripping you off, ripping off your style. Uh, Are you a pro wrestling she, fan at all? I appreciate pro wrestling. I don't really watch it that much, but I appreciate it for what it is, and I think it's 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 high jinx entertainment, and I I do appreciate it, and I really really appreciate how difficult that is to do. I mean, even just being in theater, learning how to do pratfalls and stage fighting and sword fighting and all that kind of stuff. When I was doing more theater, I started out as an actress. I know how difficult it is to actually be able to do something well and time it, you know, so that you don't injure yourself, you don't injure the other person. I'm, I'm always a gog when I when I do watch it. I get invited to them a lot, and sometimes I will announce as a special guest announcer. I won't. I don't watch it on TV or anything like that, though. But uh, I'm just fascinated. You know, and, and really, it's, these guys are working. Often cases, oftentimes they're actually working harder than a guy, in a, you know, in an MMA ring or a cage or a, or a boxing ring. So that's not easy. It's not yeah. easy to do what these guys do. What surprises me is how many people believe it's completely real. That surprises me a bit. Yeah. You know that the that the whole thing, you know, the, all the all the theatrics, all of the packaging is actually real. Yep. So, uh, and what's it's really cool in Japan because that you know that ability to suspend disbelief mm-hmm. in Japan when they, when it comes to the difference between watching wrestling or and watching MMA, they know it as well, but they just enjoy the story. You know what I mean? It's like. If you're watching a movie, you know that's you know that's not really happening. You know you don't actually have hobbits living in the ground in New Zealand, but you know you're going to enjoy watching Lord of the Rings anyway. So there's I I hear some criticism uh, sometimes about oh yeah well you know most of the pride matches were fixed. Well first of all I happen to know for a fact that's not true. Uh, and then that, like with Ryzen now that it's Ryzen Fighting Federation, so some of our fights really are are uh, theatrics, but it's pretty damn clear which ones, right? You know right, what I mean? Of course, yeah. yeah. When you got, I can't remember who it was. Was it Bob Sapp? Anyway, it was absolutely just an exhibition match, you know. Um, I think it was, might have been Sakuraba, actually. Anyway, it, that's, no, that's that quintet, because Sakuraba encompasses a lot of the theater and humor into quintet as well, mm-hmm. So, which I also announced for. Yes. And he does a lot of wacky stuff, in, or used to do in his fights too. I mean, his like oh, absolutely, yeah. cartwheels oh, yeah, and stuff. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah. Great. he is hilarious. He's actually really just a funny guy. It's funny and like just every day funny too. And it's crazy, just stature wise. You wouldn't say like, oh, that's one of the best <laughs> fighters of all time if you just looked at him. Like, that's ah, just a normal know, guy. I know. Yeah, because he's not muscular. I know, I know. You know, he, he and he would fight uh, mm-hmm. a heavyweight, but he weighed like one seventy five. So crazy. Yep. Yep, yeah, Sakuraba was amazing that way, and uh, a lot. And the other one that's he's still active is Minowa Man. Oh, love him. He's Minowa. The, oh, I love oh, him. He's I love the best. Minowa, wow, 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 man. <laughs> that was a real yeah. off the cuff. Came to me from my muse as I was calling it. Call, <laughs> and it stuck. And he's another really nice guy, by the way. <laughs> oh, he's... Actually, almost all the fighters, I, all the fighters I know, are really nice guys. 
I mean, I know, I'm sure there are some out there, you know, some that I have didn't never really spoke to, maybe they're not, you know, mm-hmm. but uh, the ones that I've worked with and, and become friends with, or, or you know, even just spoke with in the hallways, have all been very polite, really nice. I can't say all, 98%. <laughs> and before you ask, no, I'm not going to tell you what the other 2% are, who, the other, who they are. <laughs> Damn it, I was going to start listing guys. All right, all right, all. Nope. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Now, as we head for the wind down, head for the finish, mm-hmm. I got to ask this. Where did that voice come from? Like, that is just crazy just to think of that voice. It's so unique and different, but original. But where did that actually come from? What do you mean? <laughs> like, when did you, like, when did you discover, <laughs> like, I have this voice? Like, like, you know what I mean? Like, oh, I, well, okay. Uh, I always, I always had it because uh, for, for a few reasons. My mother was deaf. Oh, so, wow. Uh, wow. But not absolutely 1,000% deaf. So she was completely deaf in one ear and could only hear one quarter as well as the average person when she had her hearing aid on in the other ear. So we had to, she could hear there, therefore, right? So actually, volume helped. But also, so did uh, enunciation, clarity. Uh, so that probably started, you know, that was just natural from a very early age. Uh, and and they, need, they need to be able to communicate something expressively as well, you know? Uh, you know, see, you might, you could say, hurry up, mom. It's different to say, hurry up, mom, and say, hurry up, mom, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> so she gets the gist, you know? Um, so there's that. Also, I started out in theater. Uh, so there's that. And I was a, uh, I studied opera. So there's that. And I was uh, a voice actress for many years and lots of computer games and uh, Japanese anime and, straight animation and voiceovers and all of that sort of thing. So I think a combination thereof and a singer. So <laughs> that's kind of a long and, r- and rambling answer, but yeah, but you throw a lot together and you get one of the best voices yeah, it's, going. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. I, I guess the short answer would be it's beef stew. Just cut it up and throw it in. Yes. <laughs> and it comes out this way. <laughs> now, this is going to be kind of an odd question because I doubt you do this, but do you ever go on, on YouTube? There's actually people that do, Bruce Buffer versus you. So they'll do him announcing somebody and they'll do you announcing somebody. And then they'll have kind of people, if you look at the comments, like voting and stuff, you usually win, I'd say like 90 something percent of the time. But did you, you ever check out? I didn't out? even know that existed. Yeah. I, I, I did not even know that it existed. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how many people still do that, but there, if you go on YouTube, there's still some old videos. I was actually watching it the other day. I was like, wow, you totally like destroy him on, on those, the voices. <laughs> like, holy crap. I, not, nothing gets him. It's great. Oh, you but mean just, actual, actually me doing it. Just they're comparing me announcing. Yeah. Like so they're not imitating. No, no, no. So they'll, they'll play a clip of him, of him saying Quentin oh. Rampage Jackson, and then they'll show you from pride doing oh, Quentin Rampage okay. Jackson. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Oh, that's cool. That's cool. I have to say that's really cool, but I have to say that's a little bit unfair because i because mine are so sort of in your face showy. Hmm. And uh, Bruce is a lot more classic. And I actually heard that he changed his style quite a bit. I mean, in the beginning, I guess he was a lot more mellow. Yes. Yep. And, uh, and of course, he, he comes from the f- family of announcers. Yeah, and Michael, his brother. I actually, I've only met Bruce online. We've spoken online. He's a really nice guy. But I met his brother, Michael, uh, when we did uh, Pride in, in Las Vegas. Very handsome man. Yeah. Half, his half-brother. Uh, yeah, so they come from you know more of an old-school, sort of more straight style. And then, of course, now there are a whole bunch of crazy-ass announcers out there. <laughs> 
I'm doing weird, weird, exotic and bizarre yeah. and wonderful and sometimes not wonderful announcing. <laughs> I forget his name. The other. You no, know, I have to check that out. I did not know that it existed. That's cool. Thanks for telling me about yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, check that. It's pretty cool. I, I definitely think you're winning. No offense to Bruce, he's great too. But yeah, you definitely win on, on when you guys are kind of comparing the same guy. Who's the other guy cool. with that awesome kind of deep voice? He knows Japanese. Uh, he does some of the. The announcing. Oh, I can't remember who it is. He would do. You some mean Pride. the one that I work with, the, the one that I used to work with at Pride? Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, that's K. Grant. Oh, okay, he's great too. K. Yeah. Grant. He always yep. wore always wore sunglasses, right? Yeah, that's yes. K. Grant. Yep. Yeah, he doesn't do announcing for MMA anymore, but uh, he's got his own radio programs and uh, a couple of different ones and different radio stations here. He's got a band, and uh, I, we still run into each other occasionally. <laughs> Excuse me. Do you have favorite fighters like? As far as not not and then we'll get into maybe announcing in, in a second, but actual physical favorite fighters that you enjoyed watching. Well, as I said, Mino man, I just I love that against all odds, and I mean it's just I don't know how many times I've stood up screaming in shock when he's won. <laughs> you know, he's fighting people like Butterbean and winning. Yes. You know, and yep. uh, just he's incredible. So I like I like the underdogs. Yeah, I really enjoy the underdogs. Um, I don't really. I mean, there's so it's I, I remember. People have asked me this before, and I remember my favorite answer that just came to me at that moment, which is no longer, you know, a spontaneous answer now, to ask me which was one of my, my, my favorite fighters or which was my favorite fight or which is yeah, yeah. my favorite fighter is a very difficult thing to answer because – and this is what I thought of at the time. I thought, that's the right answer. That's, that's what I need to say. That's true. It's like asking which is your favorite sunset hmm. because there are so many beautiful ones, you know, so many great – dramatic way you know the rainy night sunset or a beach one or on top, you know, on top of the mountaintops and and there are so many of them <laughs> you know yes, you got one every night uh so it's, it's it would be really difficult for me to say but of course it would also be very undiplomatic of me to say as well but honestly i don't really have a favorite uh, i have a tendency to like the underdog so who's your favorite fighter to announce Again, I I don't have a favorite, but I do have some favorites. Yeah, <laughs> I, I always couple. liked announcing Antonio uh, Antonio Nogueira. Hmm. Uh, his brother too, but uh, but uh, the, yeah, what you call, what you refer to as Big Nog was one of my favorites to announce. And of course, the Brazilians have this great walkout music usually, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, Vanderlei Silva was fun to do. Fedor, Mina Wawa 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 Man, yes. I like that one, yes. and of course Sakuraba. Sakuraba as well. Yes. So, but those are, you know, from the past. Now I really like doing, uh, I like doing Jake Hume because I, I like matching whatever he's going to, I never know what he's going to do, right? Yep. And I never, I don't hear the music beforehand. I never know what the music's going to be, unless it's a, a fighter who's using this, always uses the same music, you know? Yep. Um, so it's always, it's always like I hear it, I hear, for, <clears throat> excuse me, I hear the music for 30 seconds and I've got to figure out what I'm going to do. So uh, Jake Hume's one of my favorites right now. And uh, uh, let's see. Um, Oh, of course, Miyu Yamamoto. Absolutely adore her. Mm-hmm. Yep. Two people. The Japanese. The... Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, sorry to cut you off. I was going to say two people that are Japanese that I love. That I'll, I'll bring up in a second. But what was what was kind of your point on her? Oh, I just love her. She well, I say they they call the Yamamotos the Gracies of Japan. So their whole family is uh, is is lovely, really lovely people. Of course, very her sad brother, that they lost yeah. a kid last yep. year. Mm-hmm. Yep. Crazy. He was awesome too. Yep. Back in his uh, mm-hmm. two guys that we, I didn't mention before, just I wanted to mention was uh, Takanori Gomi. Just loved mm-hmm. the crowd went nuts for him. And Yoshida. 
you were awesome at saying his name too. Yes. Yoshida. Yes. Yeah, he was. He was a former Olympic. uh, Was I think gold, right? Yeah. Yeah. um, Yeah. Medalist winner from Barcelona, I think he won. Yeah. Judo. Judo. Yep. Yep. Mm -hmm. And then uh, I think Satoshi Ichi also was a gold medalist in judo. I yes, think. he was. Yep. yep, yeah, yep, yep. Now, he's still active. Ichi's son's still active, and yep. uh, he's living in. I think he's a Croatia. Wow. Yeah, right. I think he's yeah because he he's with he's with Krokop. He's with the Krokop's yes. uh, gym. Yes. Is there a fighter? Le- Trilingual. He's amazing. He's a very smart guy. He speaks three languages fluently. Really? Wow. On top of being an excellent athlete. Yes. <laughs> yeah, we're really amazing. Very they, admirable person. And they threw him into the fire kind of like almost too soon, like throwing him in there against like Yoshida and Fedor and stuff when he kind of wasn't experienced enough to fight those guys, I think. I think he got a little stage fright. I think he should have been ready. Oh, wow. Okay. I think he was ready. I think he was ready. He was skilled enough as a fighter. But there's a difference between fighting and fighting, you know, in, in front of such a huge audience, you know, and, you know, millions are watching around the world. So uh, I think it, I think it was stage fright, actually. I got you. Which I've seen I've seen other athletes I've seen other of the fighters get the same way. Yeah, I I, I totally agree. Mm. I could definitely see that. Mm. Is there any fighters least favorite to uh, to say like hard to say the name something like that? Okay, there's there was only one. Well, of course, the shorter the name and the fewer syllables in the name are a little hard. I try to come up with a sound like a, a name that you know if, if there's a, who was somebody fought recently? What was his last name? Well, I can't remember, but his name had like a word in it. So I tried to sort of, you know, you try to manipulate it so you can get something kind of cool out of it, create almost a catchphrase out of their names. Kind of hard to do when it's like John Smith, right? Right. Yep. <laughs> so, so the 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 one that I remember the most, having the most difficult uh, difficulty doing it, was uh, Sem Schilt. Semi Schilt. Mm, yeah. Yep, yep. <laughs> yeah. That was a difficult one. And his music was kind of, you know, kind of neither here nor there. Nothing really, you know, very cool about his music. So that was a hard one. <laughs> I remember what the hell am I going to do with this? And then some of the fighters, you know, they, it also depends on if they've got an elevator or some other contraption that they have to come up in. And I have to wait until I see the athlete to, to make, the, make the call. And usually by that time, the vocals have started on the song. So if that happens, it makes it difficult to call any name. Uh, you know, you got to try and figure out how do, how do I do this and i try to do it in between phrases of the music of the of the singer because people want to hear the song too you know mm-hmm. yes <laughs> so uh so that's something that's been happening lately but uh yeah i don't uh by and large i found korean names a little bit difficult to call korean names like when i was doing road they're you they're short short syllables often the same last name kim or lee <clears throat> and uh yeah so I, I found them sometimes hard to call as far as you, when you like, let's just say retirement or whatever, years from now, when people look back at Lenny Hart, you know, the great announcer, what do you think is like your lasting legacy on MMA and kind of not not just maybe Japanese MMA, but just at MMA as a whole? I think that I definitely created something completely new, and I hope that I'm remembered for that. Um and I think that I helped the spectators and I, I help. I'm just, you know, hopefully we'll get past this current crisis and we'll start seeing some MMA again. I, I hope, though, one day when I do retire or die, you'll probably see me kicking and screaming, going in my grave, calling out people's names. But <laughs> um, <laughs> but I do hope to be remembered as someone who made uh, who made the experience just that much better, just a little bit better. I just don't want to be known as being mediocre. <laughs> I remember saying, God, God, have, have me die loved or have me die hated, but don't have me die mediocre. <laughs> <laughs> De- 
that definitely will not happen. I can't guarantee that. Oh, that's uh, for good, sure. good. Thank you. <laughs> now, before I let you go, please uh, give all your social media plugs, Twitter, Facebook, or you know what else, uh, Instagram, whatever you got out there. Well, I am on Instagram, I am on Facebook, and I am on Twitter, and it's easy to find me because it's my name, L-E-N-N-E-H-A-R-D-T. Uh, and you can usually find that just by using your search engine, and it'll, I think it'll show you, you know, you know, whether it's one word or a dot in between or whatever. And uh, then there's my website, which uh, which I could use right now. I, people are still having birthdays, and they're still getting married, and they're still, you know, s- you know, celebrating their promotions at work or whatever. And what I do uh, is I can record that for you. I got lots and lots of requests for that, so I built a website and a business out of it. Because I couldn't keep doing them, you know, it was really like I get a dozen a day. So if you're interested and you want to have me maybe do an answering machine message or uh, kind of call out a special birthday message for somebody, uh, we can we can even edit your music here. If you got a video, we can uh, edit it into the video as well. And that is www. Of course, it is right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Very easy to remember the rest of it. Lennyhart.com. And that's all one word, Lenny Hart, L-E-N-N-E-H-A-R-D-T dot com. Awesome. So that's my plug. Nice. <laughs> oh, and I wanted one other thing. Please, during this difficult time, please, if you know anyone that's living alone that was already a, a, a lonely person and doesn't have any family with them or doesn't have a partner or whatever, please dash them off an email. If, you, if they live next door, you tap on the you know, apartment wall and say, hey, are you okay in there? Make sure you take care of each other. And also, please don't forget to take care of animals right now. Lots of uh, shelters and stuff like that out there that are not uh, receiving some of the money they normally get. But maybe if you can't afford to, you know, pitch in financially, uh, maybe you could at least, you know, I don't know, maybe order a bag of dog food and have it sent over to your local shelter. Uh, something like that would be cool. So those are just a couple of things I wanted to say before I got off. <laughs> All right. Awesome. Absolutely. And I highly suggest to anybody definitely go to LennyHart.com and get that voice recording because uh, that would be epic to say the least. <laughs> Plus it'll keep me in my house. I can continue to pay my rent while, during our MMA hiatus. <laughs> yes. Yep. There you go. That too. <laughs> Lenny, thank you so much uh, for all the time today. And just one last thing for me, pride Mm -hmm. never die. Pride never die. Thanks for listening to the two-man power trip of wrestling, What the World is Downloading.